Hi, I'm Bjorn Roberts. I'm Jess Fishlock. This is Owen Singer-Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Holmes Delivery Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here with Ruth as ever. Hello, Ruth. How are you? All right. Good morning. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you very much. I'm good. Uh, it is a horrible day here in the Netherlands, uh, which is obviously mirroring our mood after uh, after last night's game uh, for Wales women against Norway. Um, the pod is going to be talking about the game against the Faroe Islands and obviously last night's match against Norway, which frankly puts us in a in a fairly tricky position in the group. Uh, but we will get to that as we go. Um, We'll start start at the beginning, a very good place to start, as they say, um, with the Faroe Islands. I mean, ultimately a good result. Um, I would say there were a few kind of question marks thrown up um, uh, from the game, perhaps. Um, but before we get there, let's just talk about the lineups. Was there anything that you were kind of expecting or anything you were surprised by when you saw the lineups? I think I was quite surprised uh, in, for the lineups in both both games. For, but for different reasons, the Pharaoh one. I, I mean, it kind of made sense. We went with with two up front. I like the fact that we were playing wing backs. It's you know we were we were going a bit more goal hunting, which I, I don't think is a, a a bad thing for us to be using um, using a game like that. You know, for that purpose. Uh, the the plus from a a sort of lineup point of view, I think ultimately was the was the level of substitutions that um, Ludlow Ludlow could make by by the time we got kind of midway through the second half. Um, it was good to see, you know, the likes of Nadia Lawrence um, getting a game, Gemma Evans coming in. So there was there was actually quite a few changes from the the Norway away game, wasn't there? Helen Ward came back as well. So I think it was. When I was first looking at it, it seemed like a good, a good uh, mix of let's get some people playing that haven't played for a while, let's get some goals, let's get ourselves ahead, let's be able to bring in some substitutes, and it, and it, in that respect, it worked for all of those points. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I was a, a little bit surprised by uh, some of the selections. I'm glad we had two up front. I thought Helen Helen Ward took a goal well. Um, I thought Gemma Evans was outstanding, really, um, in her role. I thought Sophie Ingle kind of dictated the game really, really well. Um, you know, nothing <laughs> nothing new there, I suppose. Um, I was impressed by the game plan. I think we obviously looked to exploit the fact that they were weak for crosses. And that was definitely the, the plan from the get-go. A lot of diagonal balls coming across. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of chances that we didn't take, unfortunately. But some great crosses from Rhiannon Roberts on the right and, and Jess Fishlock popping up in, in all sorts of different places with those sorts of balls as well. So I was really impressed with, obviously, the lineup mirrored what the plan was. And the, the plan was kind of very well executed in, in that sense. Um, you know, three of the four goals came from crosses, which is uh, obviously, again, was the game plan. And I think we had the players that, were were set up if you like to to execute that as best as as they possibly could um the one thing i did want to mention from the from the pharaohs game because in in reality whilst a four four nil win we should be kind of giddily bouncing around it it was kind of there wasn't a huge there aren't a huge amount of talking points really because of the kind of one-sided nature of the game the big thing for me that stood out, and I just wondered what you thought, was I felt first half especially we were very, very wasteful with a lot of, I mean, excellent chances really. Yeah, we. Although if you, I suppose, if you tot it up, there must have been a huge number of chances in that first half. There wasn't actually that many that really tested the goalkeeper. So, you know, in terms of putting pressure on and. You know, trying to rack up some goals before half time, which I'm sure would have been the, you know, the desired outcome. Uh, I do think we lack that kind of clinical edge um, to to finish off a game quickly. Really, I mean, obviously, like you say, you, you know, you end up four nil winners, and it's 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 difficult not to see that as a very good result. It was a very good result, um, but I do think there was a lesson. In terms of, you know, we had great tempo, we had great chances, but you've got to be able to turn some of those into into 
into goals more readily than we were doing and just put more pressure on the goalkeeper really. Yeah, I agree. I think that was the frustrating thing. A lot of our opening chances did go high or wide or um, and didn't really force the keeper to make too many saves. Um, and I think that that is a, you know, something that we really, really do need to work on in the in the coming weeks and months and years or whatever, because we've, we've said that a few times now, I think. Um, the one thing I will say was, and this is something that I felt echoed in the Norway game to an extent, was I, I felt like the shape that we played was a little bit jumbled in the end, and it maybe it was because of the circumstances, and it kind of didn't really matter either. But I, I did feel like we, for the first time under Jane Ludlow in that game, looked a little bit confused, I think, at the setup, like tactically. Um, kind of, and I don't know if, again, if that was kind of part of the plan where it was just like Sophie will just kind of sit and sweep everything up and the rest of you just go and fill your boots. I don't know if that was the plan. But I, 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 do, I do feel that way a little bit, or am I uh, being a bit unfair? No, I, I see what you mean, but I, th I think it's hard to know whether that was just because they could go and fill their boots, as you said, and it was, you know, an unstructured game in, in that sense. Um, I did think the formation, I like the fact that we had Roberts and Evans, you know, playing effectively kind of wing back, wing back roles, even in what was notionally a back four. Um, but I do think we ended up kind of bypassing Tash Harding rather. I, I thought she had a very quiet first half. Obviously, she cropped up with two goals in the second half. And, yeah. and I, I think the, the substitutions kind of released her a little bit yeah. more, ironically. Um, and so, but in the first half, I thought she was actually quite quiet by her normal standards and it felt more like James and Fishlock were kind of feeding things into Green and Ward and that you were you were almost bypassing Tash somehow um, and I, I don't think it mattered at all in that game but I thought it was an interesting consequence of the formation. Yeah I agree with that and I do think as a consequence the second half was much better not just in terms of goals but in terms of general performance as well I felt like there were a few kind of tactical tweaks um, and I felt that we looked a lot more settled. The substitutes that came on really made an impact. Um, I thought Lily Woodham looked very lively, and obviously she got a goal on her debut, which is fantastic. I thought um, Georgia Walters, I thought, uh, held the ball up well and looked a threat, was physical, um, good mobility. Um, so, yeah, altogether, I, I do think the second half was a big, big improvement, and I, and I do feel like there were some tactical switches that kind of allowed that to happen. But, I mean, ultimately... I mean, I don't want to rush past this game too quickly, but it, it, we needed to win the game. We needed to get, get a couple of goals to boost our goal difference, and, and ultimately that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of ticking the boxes that you'd have wanted, it did that, and it's very difficult to actually draw any real conclusions from a game of that nature. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the opposition weren't great. They tired, um, understandably. After, I mean, they barely had a kick of the ball. Um, and it was very much an onslaught. So, yeah, I agree. There wasn't much to be taken from that game. Um, but all in all, as we said... The Pharaohs are... Go on. Sorry, the Pharaohs are improving, in fairness. I think, you know, just want to acknowledge when you can see a team, a team developing, they've, they've obviously... They're always going to be in such a difficult position. Yeah. Um, but to actually see them clearly, uh, just across the games in this group, how much they've improved. So I just wanted to kind of... Yeah, congratulate them on that. In a, in, you know, they're going to be bottom of the group. Yeah. So, you <laughs> so, know, you've yeah. got you've got to you've got to take your plaudits where you can, and that they have improved as a team. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, still a long way to go. I think it's fair to say, but uh, I, I I would agree with you on that one. Um, to move on to the 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 real quiz uh, of last night's game, it was a. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Do you know, I, was, I, I ran home from work today and I had about an hour or so in my own little world preparing what to say. Uh, and, I, and I still don't quite think I've got the words. Just such a, such a jumble of emotions and, and, and feelings about what, in my opinion, the, the relative conclusion I've could been, uh, come to, sorry, could have been so different. Um, we'll start with the lineup. Uh, obviously, the big surprise, relatively speaking, uh, well, the surprise is, I guess, is that A, we went two up top, 
and also that Elise Hughes started, but she started as a centre half. What did you think about those two things? Strange. Yeah. Um, I think starting Elise Hughes back there was a, a big ask in this in this game. Um, particularly, and, and it, it's echoed in the fact that we started Warden Green as well. If we went in knowing we were going to play so defensively, it does seem odd to start with two up front, and it seems very odd to put such a uh, put Elise Hughes in such a position of being of being a, a centre back when she's it's not her position. Um, the big thing for me was to to align with what you said, and I agree with everything you've said. Is we left Gemma Evans on the bench now. I thought she was good against the Pharaohs. Admittedly, it was against the Pharaohs. And as it happened, I thought she was excellent when she came on. I, I get that she would have been out of position to an extent playing centre-half, but she also would have been a defender playing in defence. Mm-hmm. Whereas Elise Hughes is very much not a defender playing in defence. So if you're going to gamble on something, that seemed like a much more logical gamble to me in terms of Gemma Evans than... Um, uh, than Elise Hughes and the other thing I do worry about and again maybe I'm reading into into this too much but I always feel like when you're playing a defender or playing anyone sorry for that matter out of position but especially a defender and someone is out of position in in the defence I always think what must the other players on the bench think because if I Mm -hmm. think I'm the next best centre half in line and they're playing an attacker who to the best of my knowledge I mean I, I don't I haven't followed enough of Elise Hughes's career to know but to the best of my knowledge she's never really played there before certainly not at international level let alone against one of the best teams in the world yet here I am sat on the bench and this this person's playing ahead of me who's never played here before I mean I, again maybe I'm over egging it but that would I feel like that would really piss me off if I'm honest yeah I mean I hadn't particularly thought about that beyond that, I think Gemma Hughes had, uh, so Gemma Evans had every right to be thinking that because she played so well in the Pharaohs game, and she did have an impact when she came on. It just felt like we took gambles, and yet approached the game so conservatively that those two things seem so at odds. Like if we were going to approach the game as conservatively as we did, and I think there's a separate discussion about. The rationale there but let's assume we were approaching it as conservatively as we did to then gamble on the lineup when we weren't really forced into that by injuries it's not as though we got to a point where there wasn't someone that that could play play in the heart of defense i mean even if you'd pushed ingle further back and you know had a something something slightly different happening in front of her um, at least, as you say, you'd have gone in with a, a, a defence made of defenders. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's that kind of dichotomy that I find strange when the game plan was clearly to be as reserved and conservative, particularly in the first half as we were. And it, 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 something just doesn't gel for me there. The thing I thought was most odd about it as well, and we are labouring this point, I guess, but I don't really remember Jane Ludlow doing this sort of square pegs round hole type thing before (laughs) and i really don't remember her having this gambling nature to to Mm -hmm. an extent before so it struck me as odd more than anything else that this is the way she approached this game because i can kind of justify the ward and and green thing in that one of them is going to hold the ball up they'll link the ball we'll be able to kind of move up the field together behind them having having used them to hold up the ball it didn't work like that and again it's not probably what i would have done um but that's why i coach you know middle school teams and not not the national team but i i I can reason with that and i don't it's an it's a gamble to an extent but you know there's a logic to that whereas the other things are a flat out gamble (laughs) and i and i'm just surprised because i don't think we've seen Jane do this before and equally I don't think we've seen her do it 
you know, I, I was just shocked that she did it in the circumstance she did it. And again, the only logic I can come to is she kind of wanted to surprise them, throw them off a little bit and, and, and hope that it would take them a while to get into the game, um, which, you know, again, we'll come to just completely didn't work. Um, it um, was difficult, I felt, to watch the game. Um, we defended so deep um, from the word go. So much so that when they, when Norway took the kickoff to start the game, I mean, we're on the halfway line already. Our two centre-forwards literally ran backwards. And within three seconds, their, I think it was their right-back was so advanced up the field that she was in our half in possession of the ball. And I was really, really, really surprised at just how negatively we approached uh, the game. Yeah, I think this is where my most fundamental questions come in. We, we showed in the away game that we can... We shouldn't be frightened of this Norwegian team. We, we, we showed that we could have easily got a draw out in, out in Oslo. And so to approach the home game so defensively minded, sit so deep, leave the defence clearly an inexperienced, new as a unit defence, soaking up as much of they as they did. Um, in fairness, I thought they handled the first half pretty well, yeah. all things all things considered, but it just seemed a weird situation to, to put them in. Um, the, the Norwegians were obviously still, you know, throwing those kind of, deep across the box balls uh o'sullivan in fairness she handled them very well and overall i thought she had a very good game uh, but it was you know you're putting putting that novice defensive unit in such a such a pressurized position as you say literally from the kickoff and it just seemed so strange the thing that i would I've as I say my, my my run home I was arguing with myself as I was going the thing I can't get my head round is I get with the England game when we had that nil nil draw in Southampton that is definitely the high watermark for this side which is crazy really given it was a draw but given the opposition and the circumstance it was and remains I would say the high watermark for this side equally we are playing a team here who have scored, I think, 38 goals before last night in qualification. Admittedly, 13 of them were against the Pharaohs. But even taking them out, we're looking at 25 goals. I'm sorry, <laughs> but to try and play for a nil-nil is one thing. But to try and do it, the circumstance we did, where we were basically saying, come and have a go... I just cannot reason with. And I also think it's point, worth pointing out as well that in the first 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, they missed two or three excellent, excellent opportunities. So I also think it's worth pointing out that we didn't go in at halftime nil-nil because we defended stoutly and we kind of limited them completely. They did cut us open on two or three occasions and probably should have gone in at half-time, at least one nil up. Laura O'Sullivan's made a great save from an early header. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of second ball scrambles that have been, you know, blasted high, wide and handsome. So I, I do also think it's worth pointing out that we've we've gone in half-time nil-nil through the grace of God, not because we defended stoutly. And I say these things because I then expected at the start of the second half us to come out in a totally different way. And I was, I would say, actually quite embarrassed by the way we started the game. And I'm, I'm, I've realised I'm sticking the boot in a bit here. And I, this is, there's no malice on the players here at all because I don't think they've done anything wrong. They've just followed the game plan. But at the start of the second half, Sophie Ingle had a shot from the kickoff because the, the goalkeeper was intent on basically mm -hmm. standing 20 yards outside <laughs> her own goal for some reason, um, probably for something to do. And the referee asked her to retake it for some reason, at which point Sophie Ingle has then played a diagonal ball into their right back on our left-hand side, 
No one has attacked it. No one has even run forward. She has kicked the ball away and run backwards. Now, I know Norway are a good team, but I was really, I was actually quite annoyed by that and quite embarrassed by that because we are more than good enough to not be seeding possession in such a way from the kickoff at the start of the second half. And we did it again when they scored their goal. We'd just gone 1-0 down. Our qualification hopes are very much in the balance. And the first thing that we did afterwards was diagonally kick the ball out of touch. And I, I that blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm as flummoxed by this as you are. If we'd have scrabbled a nil-nil in Oslo by having to play so defensively focused, then I could, I could at least kind of rationalise why that then made sense playing the same way at home. But we played so well in yeah. Norway. We didn't... It, I just don't see. I just don't see the need for us to approach this game so defensively. There, are the, the things that, that got me, my equivalent to what you were saying about Ingle just throwing it away straight from the from the kickoff, was there are a couple of times where Kaylee Green or Helen Ward got the ball, and it was they didn't have any outlet. There was nowhere for them to go. They were they were running down the touchline just you know as mu- as much as they could, but rather than just boot it even to end up for a goal kick they were all but passing it to the Norwegian goalkeeper in in the way they were clearing it um, and not even creating a little kind of 30 second break in play no. um, so I, I found that there were times when we were playing the way we were playing but we weren't even playing that tactically well if um, that didn't make no. a lot of sense but no no, no. I, I, I don't you know, know what not, you're not not maximizing that style if we had to play that style. Um, I'm going to be slight devil's advocate, and I don't necessarily believe what I'm about to say, but I am going to say it anyway. Um, I did a bit of digging last night um, after the match to look at some statistics to prepare for our our chat today. Um, And I was going to ask you, could you have a guess at the difference in possession percentage statistics but i'm aware that i've already given you the answer in our notes so uh, i won't i won't pretend that we have pre-planned this but um our percentage possession in the away game in norway we had 29 percent possession they had 71 maths fans um in the game last night we had 29 percent possession and they had 71 equally as i subtly glance across um we had they had sorry only two more shots in last night's game in comparison to the game in oslo and by they i mean norway um we had the same shots and shots on target in both games is there an argument then to say that the game plan that she tried in the first game didn't pay off because we still lost the game press, pressing, har- harrying, etc so on the balance of play, she's had a gamble of, let's keep us in the game go for it the last 15 or so minutes regardless of the scoreline and see what happens because fundamentally, and I know it's not the outcome we want, but statistically to an extent and literally in the result it has led to the same outcome so is there an argument that she thought I've got to try something different and this is what she came up with I think that's. A, I think you're making a legitimate case. I think I'm with you in that. I'm not. I don't quite believe it. But I when I was it, reading yeah. those those stat, those stats in in your notes, it was like, okay, that it does put a different spin. It made me think about the game in a different way. It put a different spin on how I was viewing the game. It's interesting that you can have games with such similar stats and they can feel so different. Yeah. Um, and so you know, psychology does play. A, part here so I'm, tr- I'm trying to step back a little bit and, and and think about those points that you were making um i i think the fact that essentially in the away game it was one mistake and that cost us the game and we are by definition we've seen it in multiple multiple games in this in this series within the group 
one mistake away from losing or drawing a game. And I feel like by setting up so defensively and not even tr really trying to take a uh, take the lead in Cardiff, we were setting ourselves up to be really exposed by that one mistake. Mm -hmm. um, like in the Nor in the Norway game, we made the one mistake, but it didn't feel like that was the end of the game because we'd been making chances and we were in the game. Whereas yesterday when they scored my immediate reaction well well that's it yeah that's that's game done at that point which clearly it wasn't we had chances afterwards we played our best football afterwards but i think i think the impression that you got to at that point was we're not even trying to score here how we you know how are we going to take this game to them and I, I i do think the game's were approached very differently and I'm having trouble trying to work out why and I think what you rationalized a couple of minutes ago is is probably the best the best reasoning I've come up with as to why Jane Ludlow may have taken such a conservative approach it's an interesting one because I guess she, she probably thought she had to do something different um and and unfortunately, the thing that she did that was different this time was was just not what any of us expected. I, the one thing I I, I will kind of add and finish, I guess, with this is it is difficult for me to understand as much as anything else how we've gone for an international window and I and we've gone through three different games now with three different approaches and and I just just wonder if we're trying to over egg the over egg the cake or whatever that expression is where i felt like we're overthinking things a little bit too much because you know there was equally within the within the game and the the decisions made i felt like and i love helen ward i i felt like she was the wrong choice to play there and i don't you know i hope to god helen doesn't listen but um i i thought she had a poor game yesterday and i and and again, a lot of that was no fault of her own. She's kind of trying to hold up the ball. She's being harassed by three people and it's, it's such a thankless task. And there were a couple of times she kind of broke down the touchline and did her absolute best and turned around and there was still no bugger near her. So I did feel for her, but I, I felt like second half, the, her lack of pace kind of didn't help the situation. I felt like she gave the ball away a lot in kind of dangerous areas and she wasn't alone, far from it. But I, I, I felt like I was texting my friend during the game, and I and I said like I just I feel like this was a bad decision, and I and I didn't see anything that kind of disproved that. I would have thought it would have made sense to have someone fast alongside Kaylee Green. Um, I got to say I didn't understand the decision to bring Kaylee Green off either <laughs> second half. But anyway, I'm I am getting ahead of myself now. I am doing a little monologue. Um, so obviously, half time I was expecting some kind of some changes, and we didn't really see that. We seeded the ball straight away, um, and of course, the goal that they've scored—it's just an absolute sickener, isn't it? Yes, I mean, it's like we were saying before—you know, one mistake in three games, I suppose, has, has cost us dearly in this in this group. Um, you know, Kaylee Green, yes, she overran the ball a little bit. Elise Hughes is kind of pulled out of position, can't intercept. A lot of people are standing still. Yeah. Um, and and in fairness, I don't. You know, the the shot was a it was a great finish. There's there's no um, no fault on O'Sullivan for that one. No, I agree. And um, I my first reaction when it happened when. Kaylee Green kind of broke the ball. She had two easy passes either way. And she just took that extra touch. And I screamed at the TV. And I will remove the expletive um, for you. Um, just give it. Because I felt like we just needed to slow the game down. And it just so happened that just at that exact moment, everything fell into place. And uh, For the Norwegians, obviously. And, and from there, we were kind of stuck. And as you say, Elise Hughes is out of position. A lot of standing around. I, I couldn't agree more. There was no movement around her to to kind of 
um, cover and plug the gap that she'd left, which was a shame considering we had three centre-halves on the pitch. Well, three defensive players anyway on the pitch. But like you say, when someone's finishing like that, you know, you only need one chance. And they only really had, in that second half, I thought, apart from when Graham Hansen went round uh, Laura Sullivan, which was not her fault in any way, that was the only other kind of clear chance they had. And this time, obviously, unfortunately for us, she's absolutely buried it. Um, and lovely finish, can't blame Laura Sullivan. Whilst we're on the topic of Laura so Sullivan, I have been massively critical of her of late. So uh, in the unlikely event that she listens, um, I just wanted to say that I thought she was absolutely superb last night. One of our best players, I thought. I thought she did not put a foot wrong. She made every save that is expected of her, a few saves that weren't expected of her to a degree. She dealt with the crosses from corners especially. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. Um, she seemed to control the defence very well and marshaled the situation very, very well. Um I thought there was one or two players on our team uh, through their performance. And, and again, there were lots, in fact, but she really didn't deserve to be on the losing side last night, I thought. No, I would I would agree with that. I thought there was a couple of times, uh, corners in particular, where she's previously kind of backed off attacking the ball and she, she went right after it. And that, that was really pleasing to see that as a coaching team and as a player that... Um, they clearly been working on on a weakness, and and it was great to see that she's you know she's bounced back and her confidence was um, was so much better in her, in her ability to boss boss the box basically. Um, of course, after the goal, then um, we've given it a few minutes before making changes, which again kind of annoyed me. But anyway, um, we kind of changed to a four four two really uh, fairly soon after, um, and. The one thing I will say to give everyone their due, and and that includes Jane Ludlow in that, is the instant change of mindset once we change tactics. I thought it was actually incredible. More often than not, when a side has been pegged back like that, to get out of that defensive mindset, to try and push forward and kind of take the game to the opposition, can take some time, you know, tactical changes mid-game. And it was like someone had, you know... Uh, put some extra batteries in or something it was it was unreal really and I've got to say I thought that that was typified most probably by anyone on the pitch than Rhiannon Roberts who I thought was I thought she was the best player on the pitch last night by a distance and I include the Norwegians in that I thought she was absolutely unbelievable she didn't lose a one-on-one pretty much the whole night she got kicked and she kept getting up and she kept kicking the other people as well and uh, her crosses her passing her strength to hold people off I just I thought she was fantastic and the way she I felt like she kind of took the the game by the scruff of the neck and, and people followed around her which is a lot to say when when you're playing right back and it was as if all of that frustration of being pegged back was kind of being released and um, we really, really did come on into the game. And I, I just wondered what you thought of... Obviously, Rhiannon was a, a, had a fantastic game. Was there anyone else who kind of stood out for you? Um, I thought... Um, Angharad James has probably been my player of the, of the group, as it were. Perhaps not her outstanding game yesterday, but she's been so consistently good through, through all of the games. Um, I thought... I agree with you when when we kind of flicked the switch and said, look, we're, we're going to get on the front foot here. We're going to press up the field. We're going to we're going to play some football, you know, from about 65, 70 minutes into the game. We were the better side by quite a long way. Yeah. And that, you know, overall, that ends up adding to your frustrations. <laughs> um, you know, there was some great inter- interplay between Fishlock and Rowe. I thought Gemma Evans really added some wits when she came on. Some of her crosses, there was a cross into Tash Harding that was absolutely excellent from the left-hand side from from Gemma Evans. Um, It was, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It was great to see the switch. It just, I think, adds adds to my malaise, actually, that... We were clearly in a position to go at the Norwegians and we we ended up just doing it too late. Yeah, I agree. And I think that frustration and the malaise, I guess, kind of did take its toll on the players, I thought, because 
You mentioned Angara James there. There was a chance when, when she got the ball on the edge of the box. She had a shot from distance and she's she's got to pass that to Helen Ward in that situation. Uh, absolute, I was screaming at the team. I couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, equally, being being a striker in, in the loosest possible sense myself, I would have taken the shot on as well. But she's got to pass that ball. She has to. And Jess, I love Jess Fishlock, but she did the same thing. She took on a shot from the edge of the box, ridiculous angle, ball bouncing against her. Like it was just, it would have been a, like a miracle to score from there. All she's got to do is dink the ball. It's Georgia Walters is on like edge of the box in absolute acres at no one within 10 yards of her. And she's got a one-on-one with a keeper and Jess has lashed the ball. And I, and I just wonder again if that frustration is whilst it was great to see the frustration released in one sense that we managed to just go at them like, you know, like a, a pit bull trying to rip them apart. All of a sudden, you need that finesse and calmness in front of goal, but all of a sudden you can't because the pressure's massive. You you know, you've got to score, you've got to score, and all of a sudden that changes everyone's um, thought-making process, I guess. And, and you know, there was a couple of times the ball's bouncing around in the box. It doesn't fall for us. And F- F- Jess did put a fantastic cross in for Rachel Rowe, who's got the wrong side of a defender temporarily and just couldn't quite get then into the right position and was just beaten to the ball. Um, it was just, I'm getting, I'm getting frustrated even thinking about it now. But <laughs> it was just such a frustrating end to, to the game. And, you know, I remember when you and I talked about this, group when it was when the draw was made you know which feels like years ago now but I remember us saying if we're the second seed in this group the Norwegians are the top seed that's a perfect draw for us and I actually said if you would care to go back and look at our tweets if anyone's interested that Belarus would be the best team to come out of that pot because they were the bottom seed in that pot or one of the bottom seeds and that's what happened and I just cannot shake the frustration frustrating feeling just from the whole campaign really because i know it's not over yet and i and i'm and i'm far from you know committing uh committing to defeat here but i will say that there have been too many performances in in a qualifying campaign like this against teams that we are capable and should be beating and we haven't done that and I even include Norway in that because it would have been a big ask we that game was there for the winning last night the last 20 minutes showed that we have to beat Northern Ireland at least once in fact we were probably better in Ireland where we where we drew nil nil and squandered like an unbelievable amount of chances I just wonder if not only because of the outcome or what looks like it might be the outcome, if Jane Ludlow would like to kind of press reset on this on this campaign and, and everything else and just approach a few things in a few different ways, which could have made a, a, a massive, massive difference. Because, you know... Uh, the comparison that it made me think of was Wales men's in the World Cup for 2018. I don't think there was a lot of things that Chris Coleman probably would have done that differently, given you know we were often missing players and um, we were you know un- unlucky on a number of occasions. A few defensive slip-ups here, you can't kind of legislate for that in the same way that Jane Ludlow can't legislate for what happened last night. But I do wonder if she would want to press reset on this and do things a few a few things differently because ultimately we we shouldn't be in the position that we're in waiting on hoping for Belarus to do us a favor I'm not quite sure I would say a redo because ultimately unfortunately those one mistakes in a number of games have what's ultimately cost us those games but I do think the the tinkering with the formation and the kind of game plan, particularly in these, as you were saying earlier, particularly in these last three games, um, where we we seem to go to Norway with a, an absolutely excellent plan for that game, and we should have come out with something from that game. Whereas yesterday, I felt like 
we weren't going looking for something. We were, go we were going looking to not make the situation worse as opposed to make, wanting to make the situation better. Yeah, I do not. And, um, and it, it, it just felt like we weren't on the front foot at all. And that, I think, might be what she'd want to change. Yeah. It's just, we showed when we took games, and you used the expression by the scruff of the neck earlier, and I think it's a, I think it's a good way of picturing it. When we took games by the scruff of the neck, we were so much better. And I think that might be the, the, the redo that she'd want, is in this game in particular, just let's just go at them. Let's just have a go. Uh, I, I don't think it suits us, particularly when we're not that pacey a team. We're not actually really structured to score on the break. We've got a speed, bit of speed on at the, at the wings, but we haven't actually got that much speed up the middle relatively. So we're not particularly structured for playing on the break. And so that, I think that made it even harder for us to, 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 you know, to try and do something from the defensive position we were in for the first, what, two-thirds of yesterday's game. Yeah, I agree. And I think the difficult thing for me is, and this is the harsh conclusion that I think I've come to, I think we deserved from something from the game in Oslo. Uh, whereas if you want to blame the one mistake or whatever, I don't think that's particularly fair because I think they missed a host of chances. Mm -hmm. I don't think we did deserve anything from the game last night in a... In a, in a performance sense because of the way we set up. I don't doubt that the girls absolutely ran their socks off and were, you know, and, and as I say, I, I, blame, I, I don't blame the players in any way for last night. Um, but I don't think we deserved anything from the game last night. And I think that's the thing that is the, the, the jarring conclusion, I guess, I've come to from this is that, and, and that, I, I think that's a real shame. And I think it, we shouldn't be in a position or shouldn't have been in a position where we've come away from the game and unfortunately got exactly what we deserved. Yeah, well, it wasn't necessary. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last thing uh, I'm going to say probably on, uh, on last night is I did message a couple of the players afterwards and uh, just to say, you know, everyone's proud of them and, and you know, we, we all recognise how, how much you've put into this group in these games. Um, and Tash sent me in uh, sent me a turn after a couple of messages, like uh, a broken heart emoji, um, and um, that kind of broke me a little bit. And uh, and I think there is a recognition that this has not worked out the way it should have. And my last question to you, before we kind of look at bigger picture stuff, relatively is. Is there a chance that this was our 2016? This was our, you know, campaign where it was going to happen. And it's passed us by and we're at the at, at a kind of a worrying stage where perhaps there's one or two of those players who are past their best now. We've, that we've, we've kind of ridden the wave that we're unfortunately on the way back down now. I mean, I think that's a worry, although in fairness... You look at some of the quality of the young players that's coming through. I think there's, you know, there is some depth. There is a, there is a, a bench developing there. Um, but equally, I think you, you look at how many of those players are on 80 plus caps. It's a huge proportion on them on a lot of caps. And, you know, that's reflective of their age. And unfortunately, it's going to reach a point where they're not performing as they have been just through, you know, the wear and tear of the years. Um, I'm perhaps not as down on that aspect as I was because you, you, can, you can see a new generation coming through. And I think, you know, FAW and, and the trust and all the effort that's going in and, and the players themselves, actually, in terms of how they are supporting the younger players. Um, I think there's, there's a better next step there than I might have thought of a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't think we're quite uh, quite as reliant on a few star players as we might have been. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a kind of now or never kind, kind of thing going on here. Um, but the women's competitions are in, 
so hard to qualify for because they have such restricted numbers in the tournaments that every opportunity where you come even kind of slightly close ends up feeling like a missed opportunity, I think, because your chances are so are so fragile. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree, and you know, let's let's try and end end things tonight on a on a bit of positivity. <laughs> this is not over. Belarus are more than capable of going to uh, Northern Ireland and getting a point, and that would be more than enough for us. Um, we are not out of this. We have still got to beat Belarus ourselves. Um, there are enough permutations, I think, that show that things could kind of work out for us and I think as I think you want to go through the permutations I think there's a permutation where even Belarus themselves can still come second and get in the playoffs yeah I mean Belarus still have three games to go and if they somehow win all three obviously one of those is against us um, and they could end up second uh, so they you know they'd have to beat Northern Ireland us and then the rescheduled game against Norway um, I do think the change of schedule with the Norway-Belarus game being postponed did us absolutely no favours. Um, Norway, assuming they would have won that game, would have already qualified by the time they came to Cardiff to play us. And whilst I don't think they would have uh, sent out a B team by any means, they, they would have gone in into that game with you know, knowing they were qualified and less pressure on and just less concerned about about the game. Um, and that would undoubtedly have helped us. I think the fact that that game was postponed certainly uh, meant that Norway came into the game with us fresh. They'd only played, you know, they was it was their only game of the window. Um, and they came in knowing that a win would get them qualified and they, they you know, pushed for that. Um, so looking at the permutations, we... We have to hope that Northern Ireland somehow don't take six points between the two games that they have left. The most likely, of course, is that Belarus takes some points off them. But in theory, Pharaohs could take some points off them. But obviously, you know, we, we can see which is the most likely of that. Yeah. Um, the, in the, the, the kind of long story short is that we need to take more points off Belarus than Northern Ireland yeah. do, is what, it, is what it amounts to. Um, so we have to hope that the Belarusians get something in the in the game in, in Belfast, um, which is about what four weeks away. Yeah. Um, just sorry, Ruth. I and just then, want to and then take correct it, you take on it something. From there, really. I just want to correct you on something that you said that, said that Belarus have to win all three. Belarus Belarus mm -hmm. don't have to win all three because they actually have two games in hand, and because they're playing us and Northern Ireland and Norway, they actually only have to win two games on the basis that they'll we haven't got, uh, we only have one more game to play and that's against belarus um the yeah. northern ireland pharaohs game becomes irrelevant if they beat them so belarus currently have six points if they win their two games they will go to 12 assuming northern ireland beat the pharaohs they would go to 11 we are also on 11 so if belarus beat us and northern ireland belarus themselves go uh, second, so they don't have to beat the Norwegians. I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is the long and short of it, I guess, is that we need to take more points against Belarus than Northern Ireland do. Um, the fact that Northern Ireland, uh, Belarus, sorry, still have something to play for against Northern Ireland, I think, um, says a lot, and I think keeps things interesting and exciting for them, which is what we need. Um, and as I say, we are far from out of this. You know, Belarus were ranked and remain ranked higher than Northern Ireland. They are capable of doing something. It's just such a shame last night that they were a player up uh, after the, the Northern Irish goalkeeper got sent off and, and Northern Ireland still scored after they were down to 10 men. That's a frustration. I'm sure the Belarusians will be frustrated at that themselves. Um, so there is still hope for us yet. And i got to say, it would be a very, you know, it wouldn't be a Wales qualification campaign if there wasn't some sort of bitter nails and heart attacks and whatever else uh, 
to uh, to go along with it. So um, you never know. And whilst there is uh, there is still some hope, we will kill, still keep supporting and cheering, of course. Um, is there anything else, Ruth? No, no, just um, you've got a feel for the girls in this situation. I, I don't think they could have given anything more um, emotionally and, and on the field. And I think that's you always end up with that. Just want to give, you know, just say thanks, basically. To You know, we, we've often said with the men's team that step one was getting to a, a point where you feel you're in the qualifiers and you've actually got, you know, the last couple of games in the qualifiers and you've still got something to, to worry about and yeah. still got something to cheer. And, uh, and you know, I, d I don't think we can lose sight of the fact that things have progressed. Things are in a very different place than they were a few years ago. And it's, in, you know, in some respects, that also all, the near misses are always harder to bear than the, you know, being bottom of the group, aren't yeah. they, almost? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a tough one, and uh, like you said, I agree with you. I think the players have been fantastic, and they're just... I, I don't think I've quite enjoyed uh, being a fan of a team quite as much as I have of these. I, I don't think it helps that Newcastle are absolute shit, but um, I I think there's so much to like about this team, and I, and I think that's really rare in football. So regardless of the outcome, I guess, to an extent, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that these people represent our country and... and and a fantastic job of it they're doing as well, I've got to say. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more on that. I will say that if any of them want singing lessons for the anthem, um, someone needs to give me a call because whilst the, the, the anthem was loud and proud last night and fantastic, I don't know what notes we were singing at the end, girls. <laughs> I don't think any of them were right. There's only 12 you can choose from and, so, and somehow we still didn't get the right word out there. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that, is a, that is a story for another day. If, any, if, any, if, anyone, if Jane does listen to this and wants me to... To come to to the next camp uh, and uh, give some singing lessons, <laughs> I'm more than happy uh, to, <laughs> to do that. Uh, as I desperately try and uh, finish on a positive note. Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gents. Thank you for your time, Ruth. Um, we will be back with uh, more stuff around, obviously, the men's game, the the women's final game as well, and uh, I'm sure we'll come up with some ridiculous. Uh, Christmas themed podcast for you in a, in a few months as well so plenty of stuff to keep your eyes and ears open for thank you very much for listening ladies and gents uh, and good night bye bye